Well, it's all about bond yields today, thanks to not great economic news out of the United States and a Bank of Japan pursuing their yield curve control policy come what may. And UK inflation is down, but not by much. It's taking a while over there. And the ECB saying they have no intention of slowing down any faster than their earlier guidance. And Aussie employment numbers later today as well. It's Thursday, the 19th of January, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not a great session if you've got money tied up in U.S. equities. We've seen a 1.8% fall in the Dow and the S&P 500 losing 1.6%. 90% of S&P stocks closed lower in this session. We've got a 1.2% fall in the Nasdaq as well at close. Stocks fairly flat in Europe, though, except for a quarter percent fall in the FTSE 100. The real movement, though, has been in bonds. Ten-year treasuries down 17 basis points. Ten-year bonds in Germany down seven. Japanese ten years down nine basis points to 05 Presumably the Bank of Japan had a fair bit to do that to get it back within their target range. Not much movement in the US dollar on the DXY. It was down, then it was back up again. But the US dollar is up 0.6% on the Japanese yen. The pound is down 0.4%, but the Aussie dollar has lost 0.7%, down below 69.4 US cents. And the Canadian dollar down 0.8%. And oil, well, it was rising. Now it's fallen sharply late in the session. Brent now down 1.3% back below $85 a barrel. So, the Bank of Japan and all that today, UK inflation numbers as well. Let's get uh, to it with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. So, we've got the Bank of Japan. They keep buying bonds. No shift to a, you know, a, a less easy monetary policy. Not yet anyway, just more of the same, even as inflation creeps up anecdotally. So uh, how have the markets taken to all of this? Yeah, morning, Phil. Um, so uh, as you said, it's a, it's a case of lower yields on the day. BOJ um, is going to follow on through from that. And then we had some weaker, some softer US um, economic data. Um, in terms of the BOJ, um, you know, as you say, policy unchanged. The um, Some people, have, some, some out there in the market have been looking for um, a, uh, a shift up in the upper limit again, you know, on the 10-year, above 0.5%. That didn't happen. The more notable um, shift or development, I guess, is the introduction of a specific targeting of interest rates in upcoming loan operations to banks to better manage the yield curve. So in principle, this could mean that the BOJ offers even negative cost in loans to entice banks to borrow and invest in government bonds and thereby help keep yields down. Um, I think if you look at, you know, Kuroda's comments, BOJ Governor Kuroda's comments at the press conference today, you know, he was clear that that, that this new measure was designed to improve market functioning after the the surprise move on the yield on the yield cap didn't do so uh, in terms of the market in, back in December. Combine this with new sort of CPI forecasts that don't show inflation moving back up to where the BOJ really wants it on a sustainable basis, which would be driven by sort of domestic demand and wages. And there's a strong suggestion of no significant policy change either in terms of raising the the yield ten-year yield ceiling, let alone abandoning yield curve control until Corroda's, you know, ten-year term ends in March. Mm. Now it's possible that um, you know Parliament is going to um, you know uh, sort of announce the the new the, the new governor uh, nominees in February, and at the end of February, markets then will have a better. The decision might be known, and uh, markets can, can make their yeah. case, yes, yeah. on, on whether they want to push against this mm. policy with more, you know, more strength or. 
whether they alert, they'll heed until the, you know, the right. new person comes in. You know. Well, we wait and see what happens. So look, uh, also then the, the, the fact that we had weaker data from the United States as well. So industrial production down 0.7% month on month in December, worse than November and a lot worse than expected. The same for manufacturing and retail sales in December. Uh, despite Christmas, down 1.1% month on month. Uh, that's, you know, quite shocking, I think, isn't it? But the dollar holding up, presumably, only because of the, you know, we, we've seen the falling yen. Well, I mean, so in terms of retail sales, um, you know, I think markets were prepared for a drop in the headline simply because of lower gasoline takings when oil and energy prices are low. Mm. That tends to be, be a regular occurrence. But I think more notable was a quite a sizable drop in food services and not perhaps to weaker consumption. I mean, we need to be careful. These numbers are quite regularly uh, revised, but as they are at the moment, it looks soft, to your point. Um, industrial production down 0.7, um, manufacturing, one, but we knew manufacturing was in recession, but there's a nod here to perhaps to, you know, perhaps weaker capex intentions than than, than previously thought. Again, that's not a positive yeah. development. And, and we had Microsoft this- as well. The news today from Microsoft saying that they're going to let ten thousand people go, five percent of their global workforce, because they are preparing for the expected downturn. So another sign of weakness. Yeah, and this is all playing out. And we've seen the pattern in bond markets over the last couple of weeks. You know, gradually coming down. We're reaching now on the twos and the tens, the lowest yield since September last year um, mm. you know it's not it's not a fast um, sell off in yields um, but it's um, it's it's sustained at the moment and because the market's got the bit between its yeah. teeth I mean yeah the Fed is um, continuing the Fed is still talking it up though aren't they we had so, so Loretta Esther has been speaking recently saying you know she'd like to see inflation moving down faster before looking at the idea of a pause or slowing down hikes Patrick Harker uh, one of several saying you know more 25 basis points hikes uh, Mester saying four 25 basis points in a row starting from next month so yeah, yeah. it's still the same end game and james bullard uh, pitching in again with his well-known view of he wants to get rates above five percent you know first um and i think that was the reason why you know during the european day in the, in the afternoon uh, in europe u.s morning we started to see bond yields come off their lows a little bit of a little bit of a move back up again but it hasn't been sustained you know the trend is there at the moment um i mean for the dollar you talk about all of these things you look at the if, if you look at a dollar chart and you look at what happened to the dollar um, immediately after the last non-farm payroll report which 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 included lower average earnings you look at the dollar after CPI and, and it falls quite a lot any sign any sort of data evidence of price pressures easing in the states is taken as negative for the dollar and so it should um, and today you know you, you could argue we've got some economic weakness coming through um, which is adding to that. And so, you know, that, that, that should keep the dollar on the back foot for yeah. the moment, oh. despite what's going on with Japan. Yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, look, oil prices, I mean, that, you know, we, we thought that was helping with inflation, you know, the fact that oil prices were, were coming down. But we had the International Energy Agency today saying as China reopens, they expect global oil demand will reach a record high, maybe 102 million barrels a day. So high demand, constrained supply because of Russia. So, uh, you know, remember those supply and demand curves in your economic textbooks? We saw oil shooting up quite a bit, but actually it's come back and fallen quite a bit as well as the day's gone on. So 
it just shows there's still a lot of uncertainty wherever you look. Yeah, I mean, there are these forecasts, you know, you talk about of um, China coming back on and pushing up um, oil mm. prices as we go through the year. I think there's a question of timing here. You know, nobody knows how quick yeah. uh, China's going to reopen. Nobody nobody doubts the uh, the, 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 um, the sort of uh, sincerity and uh, the determination to get the economy back on an even keel. But it's, it's, it's we've got, um, you know, much um, lower levels of herd immunity. It's going to take a time to get through that. So there's a question, I think, for markets in terms of whether we see higher oil prices and, and, and demand from China for LNG as a sort of um, medium term or perhaps a, you know, perhaps later in the year development. Um, certainly it will be this yeah. year, but there's a question over timing. And of course, that's going to be a headwind for Absolutely. Europe because Europe's, um, you know, f- fortune really has been, um, you know, to take advantage of that weaker growth in China um, where, you know, LNG demand has been low and Europe has tapped that, that, that supply. That's probably not going to be there as we go later on in this year. The question then is, is there going to be supply from elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. The US, Qatar and what have you. That's an unknown. And it, the ECB saying that, uh, you know, they are not gearing for a slower path of rises, despite that, that report from Bloomberg earlier in the week. I mean, uh, that you know, that the, the ECB's Francois Villoy is not having any of that. He says the fight against inflation is still on this idea that, you know, just one more 50 basis point rise, then 25 after that. He says, no, that original guidance still stands. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was speaking from the sidelines at Davos and basically saying that, um, you know, um, uh, he saw the report from Bloomberg, the sources story, um, and he thought it was a bit soon. Um, he didn't think there's any particular change. I think what's happening here is is that there is a an emerging view, it's certainly a view that we share, driven by faster falling inflation in Europe than, than, than most currently expected, a, a bigger drop in, in, in energy and gas prices and that is you know setting the stage at some at some point march certainly by june where the ecb can perhaps row back from this very aggressive um, upward uh, shifts to its uh, inflation forecast that we saw in December. That was the sort of bedrock of why the ECB turned around to be, you know, much more hawkish than people had thought. So, I think if, if inflation is coming down a little bit faster and gas prices are moderating as they have been, as long as that continues, that can lay the ground. So, probably a bit of a kite flying exercise by the ECB in that yesterday. However, ECB President Christine Lagarde, she speaks from Davos today on a panel. Do not expect her to uh, endorse that Bloomberg story. I'm sure she'll stick to the standard line as uh, yeah. as, as stuck to by Villaroy today. Well, um, you know, but when the facts change, as they will, then they'll change. Yeah, Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, the, the big battle in Davos is, uh, is the battle against uh, Joe Biden with his Inflation Reduction Act, the fact that he is incentivizing business, whereas Europe isn't. And what does that mean for companies in Europe? Are they at a disadvantage against the United States? So there's quite a lot of discussion about that going on in Davos yeah, right and, now. and on that, um, Ursula von der Leyen in Davos just pushing back with a sort of a, uh, a smaller style policy that Europe is just in the early stages of uh, trying to announce. You know, it's well known that Europe has not been, uh, is not happy with the Inflation Reduction Act and, and what the effect it might have on some European producers over there in the US. The US has, has made some changes to that, but it's not enough for Europe. And so Europe is asking itself, well, what do we need to do and so they're going to be starting making their own policy on this i think this is one to watch right and bond yields rising in the uk that has surely got to do with the fact that you know inflation is coming down slowly so we had their cpi numbers overnight the headline rate has gone from 10.7 percent annually 
down to 10.5% in December. Whoopie-doo, the the core inflation month-on-month has actually picked up a little. And then you've got all those wage demands going on, which aren't going to be fixed in a hurry. So, you know, all those uh, public sector workers wanting a pay rise because, you know, the, the, the last data for wages in, in November had 7.2% growth in the private sector, just 3.3% in the public sector. So imagine if the pu- public sector caught up, what that would do for wage inflation. So you've got all of those pressures stopping inflation coming down in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, look, the two-tenths fall in the headline rate to 10.5 was as expected. It was driven by a fall in motor fuel. Most people had anticipated that. The stickiness in the core was due to weighting changes in air transport prices, and so it was a kind of a very technical measure. But I think, to your point, you know, and as we've been saying, the rolling over of UK inflation is some months behind that in the US and clearly, apparently, behind that in the, in the, Euro, in the Eurozone as well. We'll have to wait until May or June to see base effects sort of kick in and uh, a 7 or 8% headline rate. It'll be September, October before we get down to 3 4% and spring 2024 before we get back to 2% um, again, you know. The rise in wages does, you know, make a case for a 50 basis point move uh, by the Bank of England on the, on the 2nd of Feb. I mean, the market a few weeks ago were looking at 25. Um, I think the continued nudging up in wages, the rhetoric that we're hearing from Hugh Pill and Catherine Mann, we're not hearing from the doves, the doves on the MPC who have basically called time at 3%. We're not hearing from them, and so there's a disproportionate, you know, view that maybe, um, you know, that the, the, the hawks are getting in. Um, I, our view is is that rates are going to get to, you know, whether it's three and three quarters or four percent, February, March. Uh, there's no meeting in April, and then by May, uh, we'll have a weaker economy, we'll have lower inflation at 7 8%, and we'll have, um, you know, probably higher unemployment. That's the Bank of England's forecast. So that would suggest. You know, a peak at four percent. That's where economists are coalescing around. Um, you know, and uh, that that'll be that'll be done. That'll be almost more or less confirmed, I guess, by by, by March, I suspect. Right today, uh, we get Australia's employment numbers. Now, last time unemployment was stuck at three and a half percent. The employment to population ratio was stuck at sixty four point four percent. Although we did see the number of unemployed people actually uh, go up by one point six percent month on month, and the, the the monthly hours worked actually fell by zero point four percent. So small moves but you know uh, perhaps a slight sign of weakness in what is still a very tight labour market so what's going to happen today do you think? Yeah it is um, it's a strong labour market where I mean the consensus and, us, and, and, and now we're looking for around 25,000 new uh, new jobs mm. uh, the average since April um, last year is about 40,000 uh, the jobless rate staying you know, around its 48-year low at 3.4%. The bar, my colleagues say, to 3.5% is quite low. Um, you know, the, the the strong recovery in population growth is supporting. Um, you know, some of the some of the uh, you know labour market shortages, the return of international students, workday holiday roles, yeah. and renewed inflow of skilled migrants. It's all helping ease supply issues, but. You know, at its at its core, um, you know, we still have it's all it's all suggestive of, of little spare capacity, a tight labour market, and that will keep the RBA pushing on on rate hikes for a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. Well, now the Norge Bank not expected to do too much with their interest rates today. We also get the ECB monetary policy meeting accounts later tonight. Christine Lagarde, you've already mentioned as well, talking at Davos. The Philly Fed manufacturing index in the United States will that be another indication of weakness? So we also get the weekly jobless claims for the United States as well. So we've got all of that to come as well. But uh, thanks for that, Gavin. Thank you, Phil. 
Cheers. And that's how things are this Thursday morning. That's it for the morning call from NAB and Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow.